thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up for a Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Kim Morrison. I'm Cindy O'Mara. And this week, we have... Karen Smith. Our beautiful Miss Karen is not here, uh, but we, it's probably not a bad thing, seeing as how our beautiful vegan raw eating friend um, may not be that keen as far as wanting to eat what our guest has to offer, but certainly uh, I think she'd be inspired by the way in which he raises these extraordinary birds. Um, so Cindy, would you please give us a little bit of an intro as to who our gorgeous guest is, because you and I both know him from our beautiful local markets. We do. Yeah, I, um, I, I think I met you at, at the Kiwana Markets um, um, a little while ago and um, I remember Pete Evans um, wanting to do some filming and he wanted a chicken farm, I think. And I said, well, I know a really good turkey farm uh, and I know a good turkey farmer, so why don't we go out there? And so Pete and myself and Ewitt um, had fun talking turkey, didn't we, Ewitt? <laughs> we did. We did. Yes, gobble, yeah, gobble, gobble. It was fun. So Ewitt, <laughs> gobble, gobble, gobble it was. So Ewitt has um, a turkey farm and i got to tell you, these turkeys were everywhere. They were running amok. If you, if you ask me, they were running amok because they were very happy outside. They looked very healthy and um, I, look, I just felt so privileged that I was able to come to your farm and, and see what you are doing. And, and the more I talk to you, you the more I realise your knowledge of the poultry industry uh, is is something that I think our guests would really like to know. So I think where we'll start is we'll start. How did you get into turkey farming? Well, like actually, I had a few health issues. And, and uh, as I was seeing um, a naturopath who happened to be Wayne, and he, um, I actually met him in the US, not in Australia. And I, uh, of course, asked him what did he do. I had a blood pressure running at, at uh, well, well, well where it shouldn't have been. And, and uh, I wasn't a very healthy man but anyway as I got fixed up one of the things he'd actually sh- suggested that I do look at because I love the land and I love livestock I'm a livestock person and he said um, what do you, what what was I go- going to do and the, I said well I've got my real estate and I do that and he said yes but you've got to have a purpose what about looking at turkeys and of course we laughed for about a week and we started to have a bit of a look at what uh, was about and after that we went for a bit of a drive and went down into Victoria where most of the turkeys are growing to find out what was going on and get a bit of a feeling and we felt we couldn't do uh, what, what we what everybody else was doing because I was competing against the big guys so I had to look at something else and we looked at free range uh, but looking at free range and the further we looked at free range we realized there was nothing different between the free range and what the uh the general uh, um turkey was so we thought well there's only one thing that we can do and that's go organic and we know you know we've tied ourselves to something we're part of something and the further we've gone with that and the research that we've actually done in it um we're very pleased that we're in that area um, so just before you go on, you I just, I, I just, you just caught me there on something. So when those of us that are at the supermarket or the markets and we see the words free range or free range eggs, what exactly does that mean? Well, f- free range to me means that they run in a paddock and they get to chew on a bit of grass and the grubs and all that sort of thing. The free range range specifications now is 10,000 birds to the square uh, 10,000 birds uh, to the to the to the hectare so you put that into perspective and it comes down to something like three or five birds to the square meter but that that's hardly free range 
well, you know, this is something I've battled, we've battled with in our, in our business, you mm. know, like there's a whole stack of angles what you can come, come at it. Um, when I first started out, I'd be going around in the butch and the butchers, I'd say something to the butchers and they said, oh no, we've got free range. I said, yes. And what free range is that? What company is that with? Um, oh, they're free to range it is. They're free to range. And, uh, you know, like our, our birds and and this goes into the poultry industry as well as 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 well as into the chickens as as the turkeys and it's being able to be free and i think even um coles has got on the or one of the bigger companies has got on board and, and said that they are uh you know the cattle are free range they run in the paddocks and then they put them in a feedlot well once you do that it takes three months for the ph to change in the animal to get it back to where uh, the pH should be in the animal. Mm. So, you know, you can't take something out of the paddock and put it into a feedlot and, and they say, well, they are free range, that's dead right, but you've actually changed the pH of the animal in doing, in a, so they become go from an alkaline to acidic in that process and then you've got to change through all, all the handling in the yards and all that sort of thing. So what do you call free range? What are the benefits that, that, that people are look, looking for out of the meat is that the animal is in that pH range that we're talking about. And you, you know how hard it is to keep in that, that particular range. Yeah. Tell me, what is it, what, when you discovered this and when you started to see that, you know, three to five birds per square metre, I mean, in my head, when I think free range, I see them clucking around this massive farm. There's a little clutter of them together with one of their roosters. And I, I don't know, I just have this whole vision that it's quite organic, I guess, and beautiful. How do you compare and what were the steps that you took to ensure that what you were going to do was going to be quite outstandingly different? Like what was the first things that you just went, this is what, definitely what we're doing and this is definitely what we're not doing? Well, with the numbers in a pen, we have pens of about or little paddocks of about three thousand square meters, three to four thousand square meters. And in that, uh, we started at four hundred, we built it up to six hundred, we went to eight hundred. When we got to eight hundred, what we found was in that in that area was the emotional and the bullying started to come into the birds. So what started to arrive was the sickness we had birds breaking down and once you get a turkey break breaking down if you understand in turkeys uh, the others uh, will will uh, just start picking at it and within a day or so that particular bird is if it's not not dead we're aiming to see if we can save it right that's so we brought the numbers back to about 600 and that seems to be a comfortable we we do less than 600 we'll do 450 we'll do 300 whatever we feel that thing but the most we'll, we'll put in a pan in that size is 600 birds because when you have that situation with the emotional and bullying coming into the birds that's actually passed on to you uh, as in when you eat it and the and the yes mm. i was um i've just been looking up um you know the what and these are chicken farms, these are not turkey farms, but these are chicken farms, but it's still poultry. And um, there's been a lot of discussion about this couple of weeks, as you probably realise, it. And, you know, yep. they're, they're looking at, well, what does free range mean and what does it, doesn't it mean? And it was interesting to see the stocking density per hectare of certain companies. So if we go to Woolworths and... And Aldi and Coles and Country Fresh and the ones that we seem to see a lot in the grocery store, uh, we notice that they're 10,000 birds per hectare. That seems very overcrowded to me, whereas when we go to somebody like there's a, a little boutique one called Thawa and Long Paddock Eggs, they're in the 150 to 185 per hectare. So those birds that we buy yep. um, from like Foodland or LD or Coles or Woolworths and all of these ones that I'm looking at at the moment um, on this spreadsheet, they, they would be, you know, we think we're doing the right thing by doing free range birds, 
but they'd be quite stressed, wouldn't they? Well, you know, but I saw a farm this morning. They have little, little pens and they shifted them every day. And I said, how many do you put in one of those little pens to shift around? And he said, oh, it just depends on what age they are. And uh, um, one of the things that we found is that with we actually put the birds in a container. I'll, I'll give you a bit of a process of what we go through. When the birds arrive here, we actually um, put them in, in a container and then keep them. So, and we've got to keep a here in there. Turkeys are a bit harder to raise than what chickens are, so the temperature's got to be right all the time. But and and we actually, and I know it's a strange word to say, but we actually flush them because if we don't flush them, what happens is that the irritation from the chemicals creates um, the situation where they're picking at the, each chicken all the time. Now, if they're aggressive when they when they come in. When, and they come to me, and I don't do that. I've out of 800 pulse, I've actually lost 400 within a week because of this aggressiveness. And that is when, when and, and I'll use the situation. This is this is the way I see it too. When when uh, um, uh, a hen has the egg, it actually passes all the chemical out of that mother into the into the baby, and you, you lazy ladies would probably understand that that's um, and that's the same with eggs I am very picky in relation to where I what I do with my, my or where I get my eggs from because I understand what I go through when I um, uh, get my pulse in from there we we do everything possible to get the chemical out of the out of the babies when we get the chemical we actually put hessian over the over the uh, sawdust and then within a week, we take all that out because by taking all that out, we actually take that chemical out and then we go and dump it somewhere else. But from there, within three weeks, we're aiming to let those little birds out because the longer we keep them caged up, the longer we keep them caged up, what we find is that they won't walk out in the paddock. So when we let them out, we actually um, are aiming to let, let them out for three weeks. Up until that time, we've got to keep them warm. And if we can put a track to the back of the pen, they will walk to the back of the pen. It is so good. But if we take it to four to five weeks and keep them in the pen, in that in that thing, they won't walk. The, the fear is in there. It's like the elephant on the end of the rope. So what we've done is to make sure that the bird, the, the birds can get out and as as quick as they can, and be able to forage as soon as they can because that that's where they get the confidence from. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, to me, if if you weren't talking turkeys and you were talking humans, I would almost say <laughs> it was fairly similar. You know, um, to me, there's a whole sense of of community and and obviously cooperation and cohesiveness and and there's uh, obviously a symbiosis between all of them of some beautiful synergistic way that, that that nature creates it to be so you know from my point of view it makes complete sense um, what 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 do you do to stop um, you know like infections and 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 disease spreading and and if you're organic what does that mean from looking after your birds how, how does that all look you at well from our point of view what we do is we actually use a mineral and we actually spray the ground to actually shift the um shift the we have problem with blackhead if we're not careful what, what's the other blackhead? thing is we spray everything um with with mineral Oh, blackhead is a worm, and it gets in into the into the worm, and then it gets into the liver, and um, it'll kill the birds very quickly. And I can get those birds if I find it happening. You know, if I get one or two that it's happening with, I can bring them up here, and I can give them an extra dose of that mineral. And actually, it sort of disperses, and within a couple of days, I've got those birds back up, and I can take them back oh. and put them in the pen. Oh. But if I leave them there, the other turkeys won't. Oh, I just think it's so cute that you notice if a turkey's off colour. 
I think it's too adorable. If you notice one's not well and then you notice to bring it up to the house, it becomes part of the family. It's too flippin' adorable. Oh. I don't know if how well, I feel the same. Well, the house might, you know, Suzanne won't let me do that. You know that. <laughs> oh, it's adorable. Well, well, when I was there, the Turkish... I, I, I understand they were doing where it I for, for probably Pete and the cameras, but I, oh, they were in the house. They were in the house, yeah. And, and they're so funny because they gobble, gobble, gobble all together. They, it's the most hilarious thing. You would have really enjoyed it, Kimmy, just the, listening to these guys just gobbling away. <laughs> it just sounds adorable. Uh, you know, one of the things that it was, it is adorable. Um, one of the things that um, we were speaking about a couple of days ago was food for these, for, for um, birds. So I... I remember yes. seeing on Facebook recently that uh, free range doesn't mean organic. And one of the bigger um, poultry, um, I guess, manufacturers, I don't know what they are, um, is claiming that they are free range, um, but they're feeding genetically modified foods to the chickens. But when I I spoke to you, yeah. you told me so much more about the feed they were feeding to the chickens um, or to the poultry and what it's doing to them. Could you talk about, let's first talk about the food that you know goes into conventionally grown chalks, not organic, and then what you do? Well, um, I'll go back to my father. So my father used to talk about um, sorghum being a poor man's grain. And of course, it's a gluten-free uh, grain, and I think over the next year or two, it's going to become a major grain in relation to flour. Because what we're seeing is um, poultry has the same challenge in relation to um, uh, grains as what humans do. And if you feed too much wheat, to um, there's a lot of talk. Everybody will tell you that um, I buy a chicken and it shrinks so much, they pump them full of water. And these are the, the responses that people will come back to you with when, when they talk about it. But the challenge, what's actually, what I believe is happening and what I see is happening is, is the fact that those animals have the same problem in, in relation to internally, in relation to inside the veins where they become irritated and, and blow up. So we do feed a little bit of wheat we have a maximum that we can do that. But if you cook our meat in relation to some of the other poultry is is the fact that you won't get much shrinkage with it, whereas a lot of the other meat will shrink. And I understand Coles actually buys a 1.2 kilo of chicken and it will shrink back to 900 grams. So you've actually paid for, uh, when you buy a, a chicken, and before you cook it, you've paid for a 1.2 kilo. That's a big loss in relation to shrinkage. And normally we have people telling us that never feed um, poultry sorghum. Um, and, but if they're brought up on it, if they're brought up on it, uh, they, uh, if they're brought up on it, uh, we don't have a problem there. But we see the same thing with corn. I've Actually, had I've been down to the university to have a look at it, and they told me um, I saw these birds, and they said that that um, that. Uh, um, Is someone trying to get hold of you, Ewart? No, no, the phone's been picked up. The phone's in my office as well as everywhere else. Is it taking <laughs> um, help? I just lifted the receipt. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Sorry, it was really the good. The university said uh, the, the, the turkeys didn't look well to me. And I said, oh, these turkeys didn't look well. And he said, why? What's wrong with them? I said, oh, I, said I don't know, but uh, they don't look well. They'll pale. Um, they didn't look well. And I said, well, what have you been feeding them? And he said, oh, we feed them corn. I said, do you understand what corn does to poultry? He said, um, no. I said, well, it gives them um, and, you know, you may, may have through the times had colic children, I don't know, but uh, and when you have a colic, the, the health of the birds, so that irritation inside, and 
feeding the GMOs, what we're finding in some of the abattoirs are actually we're hearing back now in some of the cattle where they're feeding corn is that all the insides of the uh, the insides of the animal are actually ulcerated. Oh God, I can't bear it. Where they've been, where the animal has been. But this is what, and I've had a I've been talking to a discussion with a guy in Hong Kong, and he was telling me that if you ate a cob of corn every day, and he's done the research on it every day for a year, if you're not dead, you'd be very close to it because the toxins in it. And if you go back to the history of corn, corn has actually been um, is Mexico or somewhere like in those areas and what they used to do with it is they used to get it and they used to pulverize it then they'd put water with it which actually took the toxins out of it so that the uh, corn as as a grain is actually better for you as a chip than it is as a whole corn, whole, whole cob wow i didn't know that so this is where mm. uh, these are things that are going to come through that you know it's creating and if they're feeding the wrong grains and they're irritated inside, what you're buying is water because they're inflamed inside and they're actually holding the water because you understand that if you're eating the wrong foods, you become irritated or your system becomes irritated and you're actually hanging on to the moisture. And I'm not a, a please don't, you know, I'm not a, <laughs> a, a vet or a, a scientist or any of that. This is what I notice in relation to uh, what we're doing with our birds. So we feed certain grains. Uh, we aim to keep to that. If we don't, we we uh, uh, and that's what gives our manx meat strength. Um, and we have a lot of people say that, you know, it tastes like turkey. Well, you know, that's the way it should taste, not not water. <laughs> you know, the fact that um, you. You're on the ground and you're seeing this and you're trialling things and you're, you know, it, it, I think is sometimes far better than being like a scientist that doesn't see this type of stuff. And even though I, I know that science is very important, I, I also think that uh, practicality is also really important. And so it's, it's good to see um, what you're doing. And I do know that there's a lot of science that goes into the feed that feed, that um, most farmers, or not farmers, but um, big conglomerates, I would think, are, are feeding their poultry. Would you like to just talk about that? Um, because we talked about this recently and I found it fascinating. Well, I've been discussing things with Dr Richard Allray in the US and he was talking, we've been having trouble getting getting um, uh, eggs out of out of our turkeys. We've been trying to work out and he piped up and said, Ewart, have you thought about it? I said, well, what do you mean have I thought about it? And he said, well, he said, what we're finding in the US after four generations, uh, the animal becomes infertile. Through because um, you're actually changing the genetics or changing the DNA of the animal. And Cindy, you can probably answer what enzyme and those sort of things that are changing. But he was saying to me, and I said, well, you know, is this, I said, that's pretty scary. I said, I think of it as far as poultry is concerned, and we've only got the edge, edge of it. What's that going to do to humans? So once you change the, if yeah. people are eating meat mm, or good, eating it's a good question. Uh, grains, it's, it's, uh, I can't answer all the questions that are out there because I don't know, but this is what we've been aiming to work out why. So they're some of the things that we've been working on in relation to the grains that we feed the birds and, and, and the grains that we feed the birds is, is so important for um, one of the things that we, we're careful of is that we don't make make sure that they don't get any of the synthetic methionine, which is an amino acid. Um, and some of the gym guys use that in um, in certain parts of Australia for, you know, muscle build-up. Um, and, and it's a synthetic one. And we feel if we're changing the DNA of, of our animal, um, that's actually affecting humans too. And I know it's probably... 
it's just only a few people. We can only help a few people. And yeah, sorry, our generations are a lot, a lot bit. It's just that our generations are a lot longer than a poultry's generation. You know, it could be um, oh, as little as 75 days or I've, I've even heard 35 days. So we're actually um, seeing this um, faster and faster. And what's interesting, Ewart, is that I spoke to Dr. Stephanie Seneff out of MIT when I was doing um, the interviews for my documentary, What's With Wait? And she talked about the epigenetics, so you know, the environment, the food we eat, the chemicals we're exposed to, that type of thing, those epigenetics. And playing on our genetics has a generational effect. So she actually yeah. was quite clear in, in that well, what was happening. And she was a, a woman that would not eat anything unless it, she knew it was organic or she'd grown it. She was very much um, about keeping everything uh, you know, good for the the family that um, there was no chemicals involved because she actually studies the chemicals. Like she studies Roundup and um, its effect on the human body. And um, and I know you know Roundup's used everywhere these days. And if we're not getting good feed, it could have Roundup on it. So which which has the active ingredient glyphosate, and glyphosate, as we know, um, stops the shikimate pathway. And the shikimate pathway is a pathway that produces our amino acids. So I'm I'm wondering you if although yeah. the the aromatic amino acids, you know, they're your tyrosine and your tryptophan as opposed to methionine. But you just you know like I think we're playing all the time with um, human genetics, the the uh, amount of exposure that we're having, the generational effect, the chemicals that we're having, and I have to say that knowing that I can come to your place or to your, you know, to the market and you're there, every second week you're there, and one of the things I love getting from you is your turkey livers. And I know I've been to your farm. I know they're organic. I know they're free range. They have such a ball, those those little gobble gobbles. <laughs> and the, I've got to – I make the best turkey liver pate I have perfected it like you wouldn't believe. And I would make, um, I think I get it in 500-gram packs. So I would make one of those every single week. Yeah, uh, right. And sometimes I have to, you know, get frozen, like quite a bit from you. And other times I know I'm going to be at the market the next couple of weeks, so I, I only have to grab one or two. So it's, it's really nice um, that I know that I can get those. But I, you know, I, I don't. You know, I, and that's why I love the markets. So what I want to let everybody know is what I put in my pate and how I do it. So I do have a Thermomix. But if you don't have a Thermomix, you can still do this. So you fry up garlic and onion. So I usually do one clove of garlic and one onion, and it's usually a medium-sized onion. And I fry that up in butter. And you can, if, it's, if, if you're frying it on the cooktop, you can fry it at a higher heat than you can in the Thermomix. And it does change the taste of the pate, I noticed. Um, and both have a different taste, but both are good. And then um, I put the 500 grams of pate, or sorry, the livers into, they're all chopped up into the either fry pan or the Thermomix. And I just lightly saute that um, for about six minutes in the Thermomix and a couple of, you know, you only need about four or five minutes in the pan. Then I add half the amount of butter that I do of the liver. So if I put five grams of uh, livers in, I put 250 grams of butter in. And then, now if I have to have it clean, I will just then add salt, salt and pepper. So if I know someone's coming around that might um, not be able to have cream or does, don't do brandy or contro, I, I won't add that. <laughs> but if I do know that I can add that, I will add around, I think, 200 mil of cream and I think it's 60 mil of contro. 
And I may add a little bit of allspice and some cinnamon and, oh, my gosh, I have – and then I'll, I'll add some herbs and usually I'll add a little bit of coriander and then I churn it like there's no tomorrow until it's a whipped, whipped into um, shape um, and then I put it in the fridge and um, um, I just put heaps of pepper over the top. And then I use my beautiful organic gelatin that I have here at Changing Habits. And because, you know, what's the point of making this beautiful pate when I, I can't even find organic gelatin? And I want you to know, you it, it was because of you I had to go looking for organic gelatin. Because <laughs> when you can't find a good one, you're just destroying the whole pate. So then I make up some gelatin. So I put about a tablespoon of gelatin with a cup of uh, about 70 degrees water because I don't want it boiling and I stir it up and then I pour it over my pate and sometimes if I'm feeling really gutsy I'll just put the pate in one container other times I'll put it in a ramekin and then put the gelatin over that and then I will freeze it you can freeze your pate so if you're not like me who likes to eat about 500 grams a week um, you can definitely freeze it in ramekins so you know that's that's the way I that's what I do with your turkey livers, just so you know, you it. How many turkey do turkeys yeah, have one I've, liver? I'm just checking. I've written it all down. So have I. Um, do turkeys turkeys yeah. have one liver? I'm just checking. <laughs> they haven't got two. I'm just checking. They oh, There must be very little little livers. I mean, how many turkeys livers are in 500 grams? They're sizable. Six or eight. Yeah. No. Eight. Well, I think the thing is. I th that we aim to do is to clean that liver when the when the babies come, and uh, through that process, uh, through that process, we're always working on making sure that the liver is uh, is clean within the birds. We actually put the, that mineral in the water for the simple reason we feel it's the health of the birds, and so we're actually building their immune system all the time. And you know that to me that you know that's where we're getting. We're looking at the minerals and that and how we can get the minerals into the birds through certain types of um, plants. Uh, the other thing we're working on is, is iodine. Um, I don't know whether you realise it or not, but the, uh, the selenium is very high in the giblets of the turkey. And there's a really, there's a lot of good things in turkey. And, and, um, and if we can lift the iodine in the turkey. One of the things that people are short of is iodine. Um, that's, we see that as an important part because it'll benefit the turkey as well as benefiting, benefiting you. Okay, so where's those little gobbly gobbly yeah. things you're talking about? What, what is, where is it? Giblets, giblets. What, what, is, what is a giblet? Sorry, everyone giblets. laughing. Uh, sorry, everyone, listeners no. are gonna laugh now. Now I, you're making me silly. Let's see if the food, the the food goes sure into the bag inside and then it goes. No. Well, it's, it's, it's where so the it's, grain is actually ground inside the turkey. Oh, so it's its stomach? Yeah, it's before the stomach. Oh. So when you open, have you opened a chook up? Well, not lately. One, no. No, one not got really. Giblets in it, okay, obviously. so it goes into, they put, the, they, they, they take their food in and then it goes into, uh, like, uh, a bag. And then it goes. It's fed into what we call the giblet. Now, in that, in that, um, they pick up little stones, and it's a muscle. And this muscle works and grinds the grain for them um, before it goes into the stomach. Right. So this is. Oh this is, wow! This is Wasn't such a bad question after all, was it? Hey. No, no, I was. I wasn't laughing. I just loved when how you we, call it when we, first started, we, <laughs> when we first started. When we first started, we we were getting meat from a particular company, and they were making it all fine, 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 all the time. And that was so. We learned a lot through that. And when we started making our own own feed and making the grains more whole, we found that the birds were grinding it, but they didn't need it as much stone. They didn't pick up as much stone. We found, you know, that the, the giblets were able to. We learn a lot through feeding the birds because 
um, they have to take us. They have to get a certain amount of whole grain because this is part of creating the enzymes in the stomach. Is is to do a certain amount of work. If it's not doing any work, the birds don't do as well. Oh, wow! Oh, I didn't know that. And so the little rocks. Where are the little rocks? Are they just um, on the ground where they're they're, they're, inside, they're running around? The, Sorry, they pick them up. Yeah, I actually, what actually happens is I actually put uh, um, crusher dust in the pen and I put it at the end of the containers and when they, when we put them in there, we've done it because there's a lot of minerals in crusher dust and they get them naturally. Oh, wow. So we just put yeah. them put in and so they can actually fluff it, fluff it up and, you know, pick the stones out and go around and pick the stones up off the ground and all that sort of thing. Because this is all, to me, this is all part of the process of keeping them healthy. Right, and, and getting them into their natural environment and them doing the thing that naturally they should be doing as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, when they're in cages. And Is, is this the same for chickens, Ewan? Um, well, I'd be doing the same for chickens, yes. Yes, I'd be doing the same so, for chickens. Uh, I don't, I'm not... not so the ones in Sorry. the cages, are they able? Do they get that? Or well, I don't want to know about the ones in no, the cages. No, actually, no, I think no. it's just so sad, um, you know, what what we've done to them. And even I think ten thousand per hectare seems pretty scary too. And uh, and the whole issue of free to range and free range, I, I didn't even for some reason consider that. Um, yeah. It's it, it gets frustrating, very frustrating when, um, as the consumer, we, we have lost our um, understanding of production. And I think if we are really interested in our the food that we're consuming and the food that we're giving to our family, um, I believe that we need to become interested in production. And I think that's why I mainly love the markets because I have you. I've got the fishermen across from you. Um, I've got the lettuce lady who also has tomato and cucumber and she's got all her herbs and watercress. Like I, I speak to her. Like that, there was a – they were a couple. You, I don't know if you've met them. Oh, I'm sure you have. But they were a couple that both have had cancer and are mm. trying to reduce all, all chemicals out of their life and have created this amazing little business and they have the best lettuce. I, I – I don't like getting it from anyone else at the market. And then you have the banana people down the corner and um, who else is in there, Kimmy, that we always go to? Well, I, I love the cheese man. I love going across to the to get my oh, nuts yes. and seeds. There's the kimchi and sauerkraut guy. I go to whole nooks for my beautiful almond milk and almond butter. It's just, and then, of course, I get a smoothie. But um, it's this little ritual. And going to your markets is really like doing a, a Saturday morning catch-up. I mean, what really should take 20 minutes takes me probably a good hour and a half, two hours by the time I've said hello to everybody and and everybody's admired my cart, I might add. I was waiting for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why uh, don't you talk about your Oh, my gosh. I'm surprised <laughs> you hasn't seen me strutting like a, as if I've got a giant-sized poodle next to me, honestly. I I wanted to get one of those. I wanted something to take to the markets because my kids don't always like coming with me and my hubby's always away. So I was going to get one of those pull along behind you ones and my brother was going to buy me one for my birthday and I said to him, oh, I just don't like them because they look like, they just remind me of old ladies, no disrespect, but I just didn't feel like I was ready for a pull-along cart that had funny flowers or colours all over it. So I, it took me months to decide and then then I was just about to go and buy one at the Marucci door um, at our plaza here and because I didn't think there was anything else. And the next moment I run into Mark Postles, who's a chiropractor, his beautiful daughter, Ellie, goes to me, oh my gosh, don't get one of those. You need a Clax. And I've just gone, I need a what? Anyway, so I go online to Clax, C-L-A-X. And um, if you look up Clax cart under Google, 
It's a $250 trolley, but it's double layered. It's like taking a pram to the markets. And then it all folds down. And then I take my cart off the top when I get home. Uh, you know, I, all I have to do is then take the carts inside because the trolley's all being folded down. Oh, look, you just, it's so light, it's easy. I get all my week's shopping into both carts. It is the best thing out. And I have to say to you, Everyone comments on it when I'm at the market. And then I, I have a competition each week, how many people are gonna ask me about it. The record is 12. Uh, it would have been more, but when I'm talking to other people, they don't interrupt me. So anyway, I'm just saying everyone needs to go and get a clax. And I should have a commission or something on this because I reckon I've sold truckloads. <laughs> oh, look, I, I think you should too, because the way she talks about it is hilarious. Whereas me, I went and bought the $20 at the $2 shop red thing that you pull behind you and I think it lasted me three weeks and the wheels fell off and you look like an old lady I'm just saying I'm just saying <laughs> well oh. I just want you to know the person who broke it was my daughter she 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 must have overpiled it I don't know what happened but yes I must I must get my clacks <laughs> I must get it and I think it's just brilliant. Ewitt, can I ask you, as far as the turkeys go, how, how big is your farm? Uh, we've got 135 acres here. We, we do cattle as well as, as uh, turkeys. Um, and we're, we're making some changes now because we're, we're, uh, um, I've got a number of wholesalers asking me whether I do chicken and... and um, Sausages, beef sausages, and lamb sausages, because as you, as you know, our turkey sausages are pretty special sausages. That they came about. I had never been a processor. I never wanted to be a processor, but I've become a processor because I couldn't get people to do what we wanted, and we couldn't get the consistency. Um, I still get people to make product for me, but it's all under um, we mix our own meals and that sort of thing, um, and it's pretty amazing when. You know, a wholesaler says, well, you know, we buy sausages in and we can't eat them. Um, and the sausages that we originally started, we had a grandson that wouldn't eat meat. And when uh, we he wouldn't eat meat, uh, and his, we're a family of, and like, you know, we go back generations in relation to eating meat. And here's one child that wouldn't eat meat. And we found out it was through the sensitivity of the chemicals coming through the meats and what, what was put on them or whatever uh, so we developed a sausage around this little boy and of course he eats meat now so i couldn't let that happen you often find that you often so find that do, these the, the types of only... foods are produced at... Keep going, sorry you and i interrupted you yeah no, oh, you no, often no, find right. that <laughs> but you often find that is that people come up with these great ideas um, in the food industry and the clax industry because of the need. <laughs> and I'm sure clax started out because it was somebody like you and me, Kim, that our husbands don't want to come, our kids don't want to come, or your husband does come when he's there, but my husband doesn't want to come and neither do the kids. And we're finding ourselves carting stuff backwards and forwards. And the same with the food industry is that you, you find that, that when there's a need, so um, or even... The cosmetic industry, you know, Kim, mm. when, and I find it's these passionate individuals such as you it that says, right, we have a problem with one of our grandchildren. What can we do to help? How can we make it? And then you make it and then the whole world wants to know about it. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you because you, you, you kind of said it and then I wasn't sure exactly what that meant, but you said you didn't want to become a processor but you are a processor. Does that mean you kill the turkeys? Well, we organise that, but we go through the process of, of, of not only the killing, but also the cutting up. We get people to cut them up for us. We're there ourselves. Um, wow. We get people to... Um, uh, when I say I'm a pro processor, uh, like I have to organise it all, uh, because basically the first thing that was is told to me is that, that um, you know, our product is too dear. When you you go to a butcher, he says, oh, is your product's too dear? And I said, well, did you ask the customer whether the product's too dear? And it's not you know, the customer I agree that's with you, the problem, you, it's the people in between. I'm with you because I went to the butcher. It's called the paleo butcher because I'd run out of um, 
um, chickens. And I went, I went into them and, and my husband said, go to the paleo butcher. He's really good. So I went to him and he, he had Lilydale chickens. And I said, are they organic? And he said, no. I said, you know they feed them GM um, products. And he said, yes. I said, well, why don't you have organic? And he said, because it's too expensive. I said, well, I'm walking out this door because I want free-range organic. So I don't know how expensive it really is. You know, and I said that to him. I said, well, I'm not buying that. That's, I'm prepared to pay for it. So you're right. You are so right. And so, therefore, I have to go out to um, – I have to go 15 minutes away, 15, 20 minutes away way in order to get what I know is an organic free-range chicken. It's just, um, it's infuriating, isn't it? Mm. And that's why I love you, you because you just, yeah. you know, you're not, the, there's no middleman between the grower and you and, and you know, we can get, um, I, like I don't even, I actually, it's so funny, I don't even really look at the price, I just know that this is what I want. And yeah. food's more important to me than anything else, like I, I don't um, buy a lot of clothes. I don't buy. Um, I don't smoke. Uh, you know, I have the occasional whiskey. Everybody, okay. Um, and I do put the contro and the brandy in the pate. I'm just going to say, you say you have the occasional whiskey, but you have pate every day, and it's your pate. I actually, I'd like to go as far as calling you a complete and utter lush. I'm just saying. Well, well, well it is still. Food, isn't it? It's food. I spend all my money on food. <laughs> well, it's Thanks, been around a long time. Whiskey just hasn't been produced in the last, in the last, you know, fifty years. It's been around around a long time, long time. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Thanks you for that. It, 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 that's that's been our biggest. <laughs> that's been our biggest challenge is the fact that we that's we had that resistance. We had that that resistance and um, like uh, if you're eating quality quality meat the thing is you don't have to eat as much yes. and he comes back like one particular mm. person rings me he gets our ham and he said I was buying five and six pe- I was eating five and six pieces he said I'll get you a ham and I'll put it on, on a sandwich he said I eat one maybe I'll eat two and he said it's just so different mm. um, and it's not and we, we do it with Himalayan salt and rapid Jewish sugar. And I had a butcher that was doing it for me. And he said, you would have wish you'd stop this witchcraft stuff. I haven't started this. This was done a long time before I ever started. My father used to talk about, you know, meat being, they used to kill the beast in the road and then roll it in salt and just run it in salt and run it in salt. That's all they had to cure. There was no such thing as, as quick cure and those sort of things in those days. Can you tell me as you far know, as you, your family is? Sorry, you're so right. Oh, I just no, you wanted go, to check, um, you know, you said about your family, your dad. He's obviously passed this knowledge down to you and your son is at the markets as well, which we always have a little chuckle every time we go past one another. Um, I want to know, is is the whole family, like, you know, obviously there's, and you say that the feeling goes into the meat, which goes into what we eat. Uh, I'm very much a part of that. How do you and how long has your family been in this industry and what do you do to maintain that longevity of that sense of importance around how the animals are treated, looked after and growing? Um, well, I think it's come through, the, well, my father was a stockman. We've all grown up as, as stock people um, and i you know, it's educating Douglas along the way or him seeing and we talking about things like I'll go down to the pen and I'll say something that I see. Um, um, I've, I used to feed 15,000 sheep out at St George when we were out there and, and we had a situation where we used to grow the grain. I've sort of always, always been taught to try and the last thing that you want to um, take off the farm is... is, is is the meat that you produce so that's what we've aimed to do is to produce that in relation to the length of time my grandfather used to bring buy cattle in, in queensland through all through the north of queensland and the west and then take him down to, to uh, gundawindi and they'd put him on a train ship him down there 
and ship them to Sydney and he'd sell them in the Homebush sale yards and then go all the way back. He'd have the next lot of cattle on the way down be down to Sydney before um, before the facts had actually got through to them out there that they knew what the prices were with the cattle that they were sending down. Mm. So it's it's the whole thing... We don't have those stock people around and to hang on to those stock people now is a big thing and then getting that knowledge because there's a lot of old guys around that have a lot of knowledge and it's, you know we're going into the technology side of it <clears throat> and I believe we need the technology to service our customers and keep in touch with our customers but if we lose the, the husband animal husbandry side of it um, and let the science take over uh, the science is, is uh, not necessarily going to be good for us we've still got to keep those people that that um, like it's very easy to give an, give an animal a, a needle to um, think that it's putting weight on the animal but if it's changing the DNA of the animal um, that's a different story and that's what a lot of these things are doing and that is my opinion so I think it's getting, keeping those stock people about because we are going to be eating meat for a good while. It's very easy to put a put a beast in a feedlot and feed it a grain, uh, but is it good for you? Mm. Well, I think it's wonderful, and I think that whole sense of family is some of the most important things we can really honour. And it's, again, going back to what Cindy always says, which is around culture and tradition and... I mean, I don't know why we've gone so far away from what's been done for so long. And to hear you curing ham with rapidura sugar and salt, I'm sure that just warms your heart, Cindy. Is, mm. is, is there any way people can find you, Ewart? How do we find... If, does it matter where we are in Australia? Um, and I'm sorry for our... Or do you do international sales? And if you do, like, tell us how do people get hold of you and how do they get your happy turkeys? And all the goblets. Um, well, we have to. We, we have to have a goblet. We have a website. Those, those um, things. But if if you if you put in Sorry, turkeys you or it. organic turkeys, we we come up. <laughs> so uh, we come up. Uh, um, and I'll probably go back to where I was a minute ago in relation to the the um, supporting the the uh, farming industry is a. Uh, is a re real challenge for the um, for the uh, communities to support because um, w w when you're doing this type of thing, um, because there's not the money in it where you're just turning cash over, um, businesses uh, we build assets more so than we build. You know, it's it's not something you got to love what you're doing, otherwise you don't do it. Um, we all get a product and just turn a product over but from a, from a farming point of view there's a lot more to farming in in relation to uh, and my family has always been where there's always been somebody in between from our point of view now is that we're actually being able to take our grow our product but we're also being able to be in touch with our customer and that's a big thing because you can actually so in relation to getting in touch with us they can either go on the website but they can ring us um, we're not always um, on the phone, but we have an answering service. Um, we're getting better at it. We're aiming to, so they're the things, um, or Facebook, of course, and it's Green Ag on the Facebook page. Yeah, it's Green, it's Green Ag, so G-R-E-E-N-A-G, -E -E Organic Free Range Turkeys. But what I did was I just went in and put Organic Turkeys and, and yep. you came up, and that was even on Facebook. I just looked up that and you came up. So they should be able to find you pretty easily. And your phone number is 0746300088. Yep, that's correct. Yep, that's the one. Okay, well, we right. have oh, so they'll be able to find you and they'll be able to get you. Oh, you do? Yes. We have some. Somebody, we those 300 gram packets of packet of sausages actually sells for 21 dollars in in Perth. Sounds wonderful. So, so I just wanted so. to say, um, you and to our listeners that 
unfortunately, I don't think the, the sound has been that great for us and I hope people have been able to hang in there during this recording and for whatever reason we get told sometimes that technology doesn't work or things don't happen but your passion regardless, your absolute commitment and your dedication to us all getting the best turkey goblets out there is probably second to none. <laughs> Um, I'm just joking. Um, but the other thing that you do sell that I notice at the market is you actually sell the bones for people to make broth and things like that. So just tell us a little bit about, okay, it's not that I really want to know, but I want to know that the bird is used. It's, I mean, do, does it get nervous at Christmas time? There's my first question. Gosh, those poor turkeys. Um, but secondly... Well, they've actually, they've, actually, they've actually changed their tune at Christmas time. They're going around and... Moo! Moo! They're not going gobble-gobble anymore. They've, they've figured it out. It reminds me, there's that wonderful... Oh, my gosh, I can just see it now. There's a joke. I will share it. It's, it's actually quite funny. There's two cows and they're standing in a paddock and it was, you know, not long after the mad cow disease comes out and... One cow says to the other, well, at least I won't be affected by that mad cow disease. And the other one goes, what makes you so sure? And he goes, well, I'm a squirrel. So I'm just thinking <laughs> I'm just thinking that maybe a turkey is at Christmas. They think they're a cow. Um, <laughs> one other quick question, though. Did, did bird flu affect you or was that just a massive, um, um, you know, news media sensation? Did it affect you? Well, of course, it can affect me. But the thing is, what we're finding with this, and like, um, you know, is is if you look at some of the problems, like you talked about mad cow's disease, that is a mineral deficiency. And I believe that while ever we binding up the minerals in the ground with chemical and fertilizer, the animal is not getting those. So if you're going to uh, um, help the animal, we've got to look after the soil. And that's a really, really biggie because, or in my opinion, it's a biggie because it's important. The only way you're going to get the minerals is either through the feed or through the through what they're eating in the in the plants. So, um, I think, you know, the the the, um, the, you, you the minerals. Would I, you would I just have to say something on that point? It's. My gosh, it's not rocket science, is it? I mean, it comes back to the way we eat, the way our animals are eating. Uh, the more chemicals, the more harsh it is on the system, the more we affect the natural rhythms and symbiotic relationships between animals, plants and the land, the more we're going to mess up society. I mean, it's, it's what, if you're, what you're saying is exactly how we're thinking, which is why I know Cindy loves you so much and, and all of what you do, is it's, it's treating the land and the animals with the utmost respect. It's having honourable ethics around looking after these amazing animals that do give us sustenance in such an incredible way. And it's having farmers like you and stockmen that truly are committed to, to giving us the absolute best with their love, heart and passion. Is, is that how I could sum you up as a family and a business? Yes, of course. Of course. And, you know, it's, it's making sure that the water is right. Like, how scarce is the water that we have? And yet we're doing what we're doing with it is just completely, completely amazes me because, you know, if you, well, you know, uh, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet. <laughs> yeah. The basic is that you care about you know, the like food if, if, and if, the water. <laughs> so, you know, like the water is so valuable and the soil, uh, you know, to get the, the goodness for the animal. You know, they need good water um, and we survive it. It just makes so, so much difference to have. Well, you know, it's a really good feeling to go down there of a, go outside our house here of a morning and I, all I've got to do is shut McGaw's door and Cindy, you know how far we're away and we can, the birds, can, we can have a row of birds down there and, and as soon as that door clicks, every bird walks towards the, the, the front fence to talk to me of a morning. And, of course, yeah, I do go and, down, and, down there and talk to them. But, it's adorable. And you probably think I'm, I'm and mad. Gobble, but... gobble, 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 gobble. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, oh, is there video on the website? I want to see it. It's, um, 
<laughs> but it's, they fly from the back of the pen to the front of the pen uh, um, just to have a conversation, you know, and, and, and uh, um, because we've got to all be in sync. The, the animal's got to be in sync with us. And, you know, when we go down there to to uh, to deal with the processing and that sort of thing, they're walking around us. You know, we're not – they're there with us. Are you saying and we're we processing, you mean they, killing them? Yeah. Okay, so, they, so they'll be talking away, they'll be chatting away, and Frank's gone. It's yeah. kind of like, oh, my gosh, okay, well, there's a sacrifice there. But you're right, it's not killing them. It is a beautiful um, – and this, it's really hard for people that are vegetarian or people that think it's cruelty to animals. The way I get my head around it is, is truly that it is the, an incredible cycle and there is a life cycle. And to me, if you have happy cows, happy sheep, happy lambs, happy pigs and happy turkeys, then it kind of gives that whole beautiful energy across the thing. And everything seems to flow so much better rather than the rape and pillage and the absolute um, devastation that we cause into these ecosystems. And I just, I, I just, from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for being someone who is truly committed to to making sure that you have happy turkeys. But more importantly, from the happy turkeys, we have beautiful, happy um, meals that are the best and the ultimate for giving our children and our families. And that takes commitment, guts and courage to step out and do something that's not what everyone else is doing. So I salute you and your gorgeous son and your family. And I'm just so, so grateful. Apologies for the call as in the, the, the staticky, but I really... What I hear and what I've heard from you is is mind blowing. So, so thank you so much, Ewart. And I also I think Kim, um, for our listeners, that Ewart lives out west and he lives a fair way out, and so it's not always easy to get that that clear Skype. So, um, good on you for hanging in there if it has been a bit staticky, but um, we've enjoyed it. I know that much. Yeah. So, you at any final you. parting uh, gobbler gobbling words or anything we need to hear? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think of no. Well, I think it's been great. I think it, and I think this is is fantastic, really, because it's not only me. There's a lot of guys out here. We're, mm. you know, we we um, we're passionate about what we do, but there's a lot of other guys that are passionate. We put in the effort to do the markets up there um not many people sort of do that and they're still out here looking after there and it was a big commitment because we felt that people had to know that know that the product um is out there and in australia turkey is not necessarily uh a main meal but um it's becoming more and more a main meal it's people are being uh, are starting to understand the value of all each uh, poultry is the lead, uh, top of the list of, of the of the poultry turkey is um, at the top of the list is in relation to what the thing, the things that you can get out of it. And I think um, if we can get to people, you know, the things that they need instead of having to go go to the the chemist or go and get go and get vitamins and all that sort of thing and get it out of the soil, it's far more beneficial and you and and far more able to be utilised in the body. Hmm. So, you know, it's it's really the farmers that, and, you know, uh, the biodynamic and the organic farmers that um, have really put the effort into making sure that, that uh, and I've heard of uh, a guy, a guy that's been doing conventional for a long, long time and they are doing some organic eggs now and they said, oh, uh, there might be something in this or anything um and they've they've ribbed us for a long long time so <laughs> well and i say that if you want to get some beautiful healthy meals and food for you they can come to you and if they want to be a closet drinker just make cindy's uh pate and they'll be able to get as much alcohol as they like without even being sprung so um cindy i'm going to suggest that in the notes that you put the recipe please because we're going to get inundated right. we're going to get inundated for that recipe i have written it down if you need me to type it up for you but i've got it here and all i can see is a massive amount of contro brandy and whiskey for some reason but um, <laughs> but, um, but and and you know what there is a sip on the side and <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord oh my lord 
a legend. We love seeing you at the yeah. Kiwana markets every Saturday or every second Saturday, and definitely at the Noosa markets. And um, is there any other markets you're at? Just out of question, in case anybody asks. Yes, we 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 do Toowoomba now. We are looking at doing some in Brisbane, um, and we are aiming to expand but um, I've got a bit of a process going on at the moment a lot of work and a few changes big changes this year and because we feel that you know we've got to expand and lift our income because there's lift our income in relation to, so mm. so that we can um, take advantage of some of the government the government won't assist us I've done a lot of research and spent a lot of money into research but they won't assist us unless unless we're a certain size so I've got to get up to that size well, let's okay. hope this podcast helps get you there. You are amazing, and you do ship around the country, I'm assuming, frozen turkeys? Yes, yes. Yeah. So there it's you go. in Perth, it's in Darwin, it's in Cairns. Well, yep. you know what, listeners? There is over 2 million subscribers to uh, the Wellness Couch podcast and our shows. So, you know, even if 1% ordered a turkey this week we might get you there so you know if you want to see more farmers like you it out there then i'm putting it out there to you beautiful listeners if you've hung in there through the sound difficulties on this one then you've hung in there long enough to hear us to all put the challenge out how do we support these beautiful farmers and their ethics and their values is putting our money where our mouth is and i really encourage you to so go to their facebook and website pages the green ag organic free range turkeys that's g-r-e-e-n and then ag ag organic free range turkeys google that in your search engines and on facebook and and let's give beautiful Ewa and his family the the big thumbs up by uh, ordering a turkey so um i'd just love to say that if anyone has any more comments or anything like that please go to our facebook page uh, all the w's facebook.com forward slash up for a chat you can also go to the wellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat if you'd rather place your comments there please go to itunes and give us a five star rating you know how much that means to us Uh, and certainly more importantly make sure you share this absolute important message of what it means that when people say it's hard to find the right food as cindy always says it just takes a little bit of effort on your behalf to search find and you can always ask the question here on our page and we'll find out for you so on that note, Hewitt, uh, thank you again very, very much. It's been an absolute privilege. And to you, gorgeous Cindy, I'm so wrapped you brought Hewitt to us. It's been a, it's been a really awesome hour. So mm. on that note, team, have a great week. Yeah. Look after yourselves. Keep firing. And always remember to tune in to Up For A Chat every Tuesday morning. We look forward to talking to you next time. All the best now. Take care. Thank you. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.